So that means I'll end up sending Tyler some tickets to see Madam Web on weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to The Webline, a podcast about Spider-Man and his amazing world. Here we discuss all aspects of our favorite web-slinger in a fun, informal, but informative forum. I am your humble host, the Spidey Librarian, and this final episode of the year 2023 will feature a retrospective of the year as it relates to Spider-Man in general. Joining me for this year in review installment are two guests one of whom has joined me several times, and another who is brand new to the webline. I'm speaking, of course, of Lewis Films, my fellow Spider-Man YouTuber, and first-timer Tyler Osby, whose video game history podcast, Codex, History of Video Games, is a favorite regular weekly listen of mine. Oh, Tyler, welcome to the webline. It's, it's great to be here. I, I I can't tell you how happy I am for you to be here. When you said that you'd do this, I was like, you just made my day. So, and how are how are you doing this holiday season? I'm um, I'm great. I'm excited to to go home visit some family soon. I'm kind of on vacation from work, so you're getting you get vacation, Tyler, right now. Yay! All right, vacation time is always good. You're a little more decompressed, and I I always love that. I'm actually coming off of a, a vacation. I actually go back to work tomorrow but I've had plenty of time to kind of decompress and get ready for this episode and everything. So it's been really nice. I'm excited to talk Spider-Man with you for the first time, and I can't wait to get your perspective on this and next year's events. Lewis, it's always good to have you back on the show. How are things in your world during this holiday season? Yeah, it's great, man. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going well. It's going well. It's a busy period, busy period with a lot of news recently coming out. So I'm trying to make keeping on top of that with with posting and stuff but yeah it's uh it's busy lewis have you got a new lighting setup behind you um no so this is i've had this for um a few weeks so i think i had it on last episode oh okay uh, it shows you how much I, think, I know. no i think because last episode i had it on um i remember because i i tried to put it on like a, a like a very deep fluorescent blue to kind of match your channel colors but it didn't show up that well, I think, on the ca on camera. Because I use my webcam when I do these streams and not, like, my actual camera that I record videos with. So it, was, it like, showed up a little bit different than I thought it would. So I changed it to green and a lighter blue this time just so it was a, a little bit more noticeable in the background. <laughs> you, guys have, you guys have both got great background lighting setups. I need to work on that. So <laughs> that no, Your background's great, though. I mean, your background is a Spidey fan's dream. Background. I just wish it were a little closer so that you guys could see it a little bit more clearly. But 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 thank you. I'm glad you I'm glad you like it. My wall of spidey pops, basically. Well, anyways, welcome back to the podcast. Again, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts as we look back on and then forward to Spider-Man events. The webline streams on Sundays at 2 p.m. Central Time on my YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe there as well as on your favorite podcast service and leave us a like, review, and follow where appropriate. If you're on a service that doesn't carry the webline, let me know by emailing me at spideylibrarian at gmail.com. I'll do what I can to get it pushed out to you. Finally, for those of you who are here on the live stream with us today, 
please be sure to thwip the like button and chime in with your perspectives in chat. And I'm going to take a second to also give welcome thwips to Sith Apple and to Leia Rose. Welcome, guys. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast today. The Spidey Librarian Patreon gives listeners of the podcast and viewers of my YouTube channel the opportunity to join my growing community as I create content about our favorite wall crawler. There's currently the $5 Spider Society Citizen tier, which will get you shoutouts on the podcast, a special thanks on my uploaded YouTube videos, access to the private feed featuring reactions and behind-the-scenes posts, and a special role on the Spidey Librarian Discord server, Spider Society Citizen. More perks and possibilities will arise as we grow, including the prospect of early access to videos, patron-only videos and streams, and appearances on live streams and the podcast. So join the Spidey Librarian Patreon today and help grow our Spider Society Citizen tier into a full-blown Spider-Man community. We are reviewing things this year in their entirety, so if you haven't seen Across the Spider-Verse or played Marvel Spider-Man 2, a spoiler warning will be in effect from here on in. But before we do a daring dive into our timely topic, it's time to dish on the latest spiderific developments with our knockout news segment, The Bugle Newsflash. All right, so first up, Spider-Man freshman year is Spider-Man freshman year no more. It has received a new title. It is now called Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. I learned this from the Direct, and I believe they got it from Variety. I, I can't quite remember. But um, apparently they are, they've changed the name of, of the animated Spider-Man show, which... They've also said that it will premiere at some point in 2024. We don't have an exact release date yet. We're also waiting for a release date on X-Men 97, which I'm also excited about. And uh, it, it, it says to me that they are kind of changing up things with their streaming service a little bit. And hopefully it's in terms of maybe learning from some of the mistakes they've made with streaming content and also possibly with the movies. Like they've, I feel like they've 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 produced so much content that maybe some of it suffered in terms of its quality. And so it looks like they're kind of retooling and retuning. And uh, it looks like this name change for what used to be Spider-Man freshman year and is now your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is hopefully part of them learning from that lesson and putting out hopefully a better product going forward. Tyler, Lewis, do you guys do you guys have any thoughts on this? I think it's pretty interesting. I got, I have a question about that. So I, I don't know a ton about that show other than it was like an animated Spider-Man show. And I it, I believe it was supposed to be the same Spider-Man as Tom Holland's Spider-Man, right? Like a an earlier telling of that story, or is it a different Spider-Man? So they haven't been completely crystal clear on it, but from what narrative elements they've put in the story, it leads me to believe that, yes, it's a younger Tom Holland Spider-Man, but it's also possibly in another multiverse and the reason I say that is because Norman Osborn is his mentor instead of Tony Stark. Mm. But also it looks like, because if, if you watched Spider-Man No Way Home, Norman Osborn basically says Oscorp doesn't exist, basically implying that, Os I mean, maybe it existed before then and 
went under. I, I don't know. Um, but to me, right now, just based on what I've seen, it screams that this is possibly a multiversal story or one hell of a prequel. Lewis, uh, any thoughts? Yeah, no, it's. I think it's interesting. On Is it in the MCU or not? It's really confusing because at first they said it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they like outright confirmed it, but then they obviously released that Norman Osborn was going to be in it. And everyone was kind of like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Turn, yeah, so it ter- turns out um, it runs adjacent to the MCU. It, it takes place, all the events leading up until that moment where he meets Tony Stark are exactly the same. But yeah. the switch is that it's Norman Osborn instead of Tony Stark. And it's a what-if scenario. But it's like a whole series based on a what-if episode, basically. Which, Essentially. I mean, yeah, which, which, you know, I think is fine. I just... I feel like they still like they've certainly suggested that, but I don't. I feel like they've been so ambiguous. Like they have basically, like I think even in the updated synopsis that they gave us, they basically said, "Yeah, this takes place before the before Homecoming and is a prequel of Peter probably getting bit by the spider and learning to be a superhero and all that stuff." And 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 so they they leave it just. Un, you know they they don't say either way but there are certain elements that just make you go well how is that possible unless it's a multiverse story you know so it's yeah i don't know i'm looking forward to it either way i i i'm i'm definitely eager to see what happens do we know what the the target audience is for it like is this a is this a, an adult show kid show i have a feeling that it's probably just aimed at spider fans in general yeah. i don't think it's a kid's show though okay cool I, th- I think it is generally just uh i think the vibes i'm getting from it is spectacular spider-man okay vibes but okay. obviously the, it's it's there's been so i mean as you said you know that the, the ambiguity around it is so large that you can never really know and not much has been really revealed about it so i guess the rating and and the target audience will become more clear but I reckon it's probably more tailored towards how spectacular Spider-Man was towards fans, I reckon. Yeah, which, I mean, I'd, I'd say that's definitely, like, kids could watch it, but I, I would say that, I'm, I mean, as an adult, I watched it and I loved it, and so it's, I'd say it's probably like an all-ages vibe, you know, kind of like uh, kind of like Avatar The Last Airbender. Hopefully. All right. Insomniac has released a statement saying that Marvel's Spider-Man 2 will be getting an update that includes New Game Plus that will be released in early 2024. That just went out a couple days ago. And while it is a little disappointing because I was hoping to crack open that game again this year, I mean, it's nice to know that they're still working on it. And I have no idea firsthand what goes into video game development. I can only imagine how hard it is to just make a video game, uh, to say nothing of producing something got, that got nominated for seven video game awards. So I'm just going to sit here and be happy that we are getting this as soon as we're getting it. You guys have any thoughts on this? I'm I'm stoked. I'll, I I I finished uh, Spider Man Two a couple of weeks ago, and I will play play through it again. I'm kind of happy that there was such a delay, like a staggered uh, release on this, because it means that I can like sit with the game for a little while, not play it <laughs> for a couple of months, and then come back and it's kind of fresh again. So That's I'm fair. excited for that. That's, fair. That's a good way of looking at it. It's yeah. a good way of looking at it because like I I was under the impression uh, when I saw the criticism that New Game Plus wasn't a part of the release, I was like. 
I was like, oh yeah, that like why didn't they put that in? But I guess looking at it like that, it makes sense why they why they didn't. I'm just I'm just happy that they are bringing it in. They're also bringing in, um, I believe you're like you can change the time of day. I also believe is also part of the update as well. Yes. And they're fixing the the tendrils if you want to use a symbiote suit at the end of the game from the anti venom colors to back to the black if you want to as well. So that's that's pretty cool that they're fixing that. And uh, yeah, it, it's makes funny. me excited. Yeah, it, it's like just a simple color swap, but damn, if I don't want to change those colors when I'm in a different costume, you know. All right. Um, we had a data breach at Insomniac, and uh, apparently a lot of the um, the data that was leaked centered around the Wolverine game. I'm excited for that game, but I have intentionally not learned much about it, so I, I, I don't know much more than that. Um, but it also hinted at the possible development of a Spider-Verse game as well. And, uh, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, you're never gonna hear me complaining that we're getting more Spider-Man games or Spider-Verse games. I Right now, that's just a rumor, and there, it was just very, like, this is something that if it is happening, it's just in talks kind of thing, like, don't put all your stock in it. But I don't know. The the idea of Insomniac doing a Spider-Verse game, I, I I would be down for that. You know, some some reality hopping shenanigans and stuff. What, what what do you guys think? I'll let Tyler take this one away. He's oh, a video I, game man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh I think there's a lot of opportunity there for for in, Insomniac to uh to show off a lot of their technical prowess because I don't know if either of you played uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, I have not. <laughs> but uh, that was also made by Insomniac that came out uh, two or three years ago. And they do a lot of like jumping through portals in that game of like going to t completely different like uh, areas, basically to show off, oh, we have no loading screens in our game. Uh, <laughs> really cool. But in a, in a universe hopping way, you could, if you can just like walk through a, a thing, almost like the, the Mysterio things in uh, Spider-Man 2, where you just sort of walk in and it, like, it's just, a, there's no loading screen. You're just in a different place. So that, like, on a technical level, like, I'm kind of excited for that. Um, I do I do feel for developers when leaks like this come out because there's a lot of stuff that happens inside video game companies that is is just, it's either, it's just pitches, it's just ideas, it's nothing right. that is ever intended to see the light of day. And then when players see those things and they go, they, like, attach their hopes and dreams to this thing that's like, oh, no, this was an idea I came up with because I was on vacation and wanted to think about it and thought maybe I'd pitch it to somebody. Mm -hmm. And and that, that it never went any further than that. So right. I always I feel a little bad for developers when stuff like that happens that unfinished things come out. But I am excited for the Wolverine game. Uh, if they do what they did with Spider-Man, they make a good Wolverine game, then that's good. And oh, Sonic's never made a bad game. So that's true. And also and also it's like they um they had employees and ex-employees information leak with the with the with the attack as well, which which is never good. So and it was like personal uh, like private information so it's like uh, you know it's it's never good don't condone it but yeah the spider-verse game i think i remember i haven't played ratchet and clank but i remember someone making the comparison when spider-man 2 came out with the dr strange mission uh that when they go to the arctic uh when you're chasing black cat i heard someone make the comparison that they did it with ratchet and clank and wanted to do the same thing in uh spider-man 2 so I guess that makes sense as well. Like if you're going to do a Spider-Verse game, why not, you know, have missions where you're jumping from universe to universe? Like that would be really, really cool. No, it would. It would. 
hopefully one of these days we'll get it. Whether, whether or not it's from Insomniac, that would just be a cool concept in general. All right. So before I do this news item, I would like to go ahead and just make a disclaimer. I usually don't report on rumors. However, I'll admit to having an ulterior motive here. So the rumor in question here is that there have been talks about Spider-Man 4 that will hopefully still have Tom Holland in it of two actors and their heroes who may team up with Peter in that movie. And it's Charlie Cox's Daredevil, who, of course, was in Spider-Man No Way Home. That would be freaking cool. I admit it. And then Paul Rudd's Ant-Man. And these these rumors came from known and fairly reliable leakers of the past. Now, again, rumors, I usually don't report on this kind of thing in the news section. However, my ulterior motive comes in at this point, because if they're going to bring Charlie Cox in, then please bring in Vincent D'Onofrio and give us Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. Like, come on, Marvel. You we know you know, fans want this, you know? I don't know. What do you guys think? Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. I mean, on, on the big screen, tell me you're not excited for that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, 100%. It, it, it would be awesome. And the thing is, Vincent D'Onofrio has said, like, before that he'd love to do a spider-man movie which i think is even more awesome so and the thing is daredevil's been rumored several times for this movie so i would not be surprised if he shows up the one that confuses me is ant-man and it also scares me because i know the fans including myself and maybe you guys as well but i know majority of fans would like this movie to be a bit more grounded like like a a personal spider-man story kind of more like what we got with toby in the andrew movies kind of bring it back a bit because we have this perfect opportunity at the end of No Way Home to kind of do this with the character now. But there's been rumors, leaks, and, you know, all the stuff that comes out. But it's been all suggesting that that it's going to be a lead into Kang Dynasty, the next Avengers movie, that Tom Holland's even going to be a lead in Kang Dynasty. And now Ant-Man's showing up in this movie, apparently, according to the rumor. You know, you put you put the pieces together, it seems like they, they might be somehow connecting Quantum Mania. With Spider-Man 4, they're going to connect Spider-Man 4 with the next Avengers movie. And it's like, oh, please don't. Please, I beg. Just leave Peter Parker alone just for one movie. Just give him his own thing. Don't, don't make it a multiverse thing. <laughs> for the love of God. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, 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 maybe that's what the, the uh, I guess it's not freshman year anymore. Uh, just, uh, uh, But uh, maybe that's what that story was supposed to be. A very grounded like Spider-Man story of like, let's talk about peter as a character and then i guess the movies are sort of the opportunity for us to uh like team up with everybody we would like a more grounded peter story and i was saying maybe that's what uh not freshman year is for i I forget what the name of it is already but it's not freshman year anymore um just uh, friendly neighborhood spider-man that's what they changed the name to yeah i've had the opportunity to have my picture taken with tom holland and um unfortunately it's one of those situations where they they get you in there they take your picture and then they shoot you out of there very quickly. You don't really have much time to talk to them, but I would have liked to have told him, I really want you to stick with this role for like several decades and play the grounded stories and do, you know, stuff like Craven's last hunt and stuff like that, you know? And I feel like we've had three different live action Spider-Men. I don't want to go through another one again. I, I th- didn't you say that recently, Lewis? <laughs> like you don't want to go through yeah. that again. 
So yeah, we we we. I think I think it was on. I think it was the last episode I was on. We were talking about Tyler. We we're talking about like I don't know, like different versions of Spider Man. And basically, I said I don't want. I don't want to go through having to connect with another Spider Man again because losing two before breaks my heart because they were both great. And now Tom Holland's quite literally perfect in a perfect position. And I'd hate if there was another one. I don't know if you feel the same watching the movies, if you're happy with Tom Holland or not, but I just can't go through it with it again. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I love Tom Holland. I, I want to see some more. I know most of the, the, the like core Spider-Man stories are like high school to like early young adult, like Peter Parker stories. Right. But there's some stuff that comes a little bit later, like, you know, when he's when he's older, like in the comics and stuff, you get the Parker industry, stuff like that. But like we've just never explored in in like really mainstream stuff. I don't know about like animated TV shows and stuff, but I would I want to see like this is a character that grows over his life. Right. And we only ever get to see a small portion of it. And I'd like to see. more. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, there, there's and, and, and Lewis and I've talked about this several times. There's this tendency among the Spider-Man writers to kind of trap Peter in this kind of eternal make make him an eternal man child essentially like like he's he never gets past like say age 30 or something mm -hmm. like that you know and it's it's something that I personally would love to see I would I would like to see him get older and I know that that's probably anathema to Marvel editorial but we've got younger spider people now you know we could we could still have those stories but you know it's one of those things that I can understand they they're hesitant to do and yet they they still should do it. We need Spider-Man Beyond with old man Peter Parker with whoever the Terry McGinnis is <laughs> of the Marvel <laughs> Universe. Awesome. All right. Final news item. Okay, this is the one that I was so excited to tell you guys about. Okay. So can either of you name a Spider-Man game that has gone away? that you can't play anymore that you would really like to play again. I I know the two amazing Spider-Man games you can't get anymore for that with the movie tie-in games. Okay. All right. Lewis. I'm pretty sure you can't the two that I really want to play that I can't get anymore or at least when I've tried to get them is Web of Shadows and Shattered Dimensions. Okay. I would really love to play those two again because they were great, especially Web of Shadows. I think Shattered Dimensions is available on Steam. It, is it? it? I think it is. I think it is. It's in my Steam library. Um, so it certainly was available at one point, but I, I don't know if it still is, but I, I would go check. You might be able to get it. But the game that I am thinking about, the game that made me angry when they took it away, is a mobile game, a uh, an endless runner game called Spider-Man Unlimited. came oh. out in 2014 and was taken offline in 2019 well because of a dedicated group of fans and modders they have brought the game back as of a day or two ago and i know this because i played the game this morning on my phone and oh my god i cannot tell you how happy i am um this this has been one of the great big like if i were to do a Oh, an episode full of Spider-Man grievance, uh, grievances. It would be that this game was one of the ones that was taken. That would be one of my grievances. But essentially, and and this this came up like on my YouTube feed. 
Um, but there are several uh, Spider-Man creators out there right now that are basically saying the game is back and they've got like the instructions to go and like download the APKs and everything for it. And I've seen some people, they get it on their phones. I've seen one person, he was apparently playing it on his PC with a mouse. Um, so yeah, apparent like it's 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 not the official game, but it's the game. And um, they've actually got a lot of their own modifications added to the game. For instance, the Spider-Man PS4 suit is in this game. So that's so cool. Yeah, I am ridiculously happy about this, and and I love it when stuff like this happens. But did first of all, Lewis, I, I imagine you've played this game. Tyler, have you? No, I I never I never played it. But uh, uh, so I'll let Lewis take it. I I have to confess, I've never played it. But the reason why I'm so excited that it's coming back is because I never got to play it. So I, you know what, you honestly, best thing I've heard all week. That is great. That is fantastic. Honestly, yeah. I I'm get I'm gonna have to get this game. I really wanted to play it because I, I came, I played Spider-Man games, but I never really played mobile games. Spider-Man mobiles, like I, I've never really been a big gamer. I never really played games on my phone, but then. I saw a few YouTube videos after it got taken down about like reliving the legacy of it and like basically explaining what it was about. I was like, oh, this sounds, sounds really cool. Like, I can't believe I never played this and I'm so happy it's coming back. That's that's cool. I, I just love when when games that have been taken away like get brought back by by people uh, who are, who just are really good at doing that sort of thing, like just unofficially. Like the original Xbox Live for the very first Xbox went away in like 2010 or something, and it's it's back now. You can play original Xbox games on live from just like like modders online. I just think that stuff is so cool for like game it's preservation cool. and stuff. So, yeah, no, um, another game that I love that got taken away and eventually resurrected was City of Heroes. Did you ever oh, play that? Yeah, City of Heroes. You can play that again. Yeah, it, it's like and, a like fan run servers for City of Heroes. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. so cool. And, and that seems to be what this is for Spider-Man Unlimited. Now, I would also point out that they give you um, like basically infinite currency of the yellow bottles that you got in the game that you pick up when you're running. So you can spend those to your heart's content. And they also give you like 150,000 of like the premium content that you can use to buy roster slots and get new Spider-Man draws and stuff like that. So I highly advise checking it out i don't have any links to it or anything go to go to youtube type in spider-man unlimited i don't know maybe resurrected or something i don't know um i'm sure you'll find it because i found it it, it, it came to me without me even looking for it so if you're a if you're a spider-man fan you should have no trouble finding it so yeah, probably if i had to guess probably gonna be android only for the for the revival because they probably can't get it into the app store for the time being, it is on Android only. If you're if it's on if you're an iPhone user, unfortunately, at least for now, they don't have a version for you. But hopefully, that will change in the future. Because love to see it. Would be wonderful. All right, and with that said, that's all the Spidey news for this week. Now, let's get ready for our feature segment: a 2023 year in review of Spider-Man. <laughs>
There's really no denying that the last few years have been an overall wonderful time to be a Spider-Man fan. Between movies, comics, and video games, we've seen many representations of the wall crawler and his surrounding lore that have resulted in high sales, enormous praise, and of course, calls for even more to come. 2023 has been another noteworthy year, and as we go over the Spider-Man events and media of the past year, my esteemed guests and I will get into the good, the not-so-good, and our hopes for the year to come in 2024. Before we get into specifics, I'd like to get a read from Lewis and Tyler. Gentlemen, based on the events and media of the past year, how do you think 2023 has been overall to the wall crawler and his current mythology? Just kind of basic impressions. For me, it's about two things, Across the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man 2, the game. Those are my two things. Both of those are phenomenal. As far as I'm concerned, we've had some some droughts in the Spider-Man stuff, so this has been a good year. We're, we're eating good this year, in my opinion. Lewis? Yeah, we're definitely eating good. I can't I can't say it's been it's been a bad year for Spidey at all. Only for, for me it might it may have been a bit more mixed than I'd liked only because I read more comics this year. And as we know, some of the comics just aren't great. <laughs> at the, moment. the last like 10 years just aren't great. So on my part, the comics this year were absolutely the worst they've ever been, which is really bad. But across the Spider-Verse, um, one of the best Spider-Man movies ever. And, and Spider-Man 2 is awesome. So it, it, you know, definitely pulled it back. And, uh, and we've got some really exciting announcements as well for the future. So see even more excited for next yeah. year. And we will definitely be covering all of those. So now as we get down to proverbial brass tacks, I've got a small list of Spider-Man related events and media releases that occurred this year. As we go through them, let's have a more or less freewheeling discussion of how they were received, how they might dovetail with other events, and how they landed with all of us as Spider-Man enthusiasts. And um, I'm going to start off with a death that occurred this year. John Romita Sr. passed away, and that was a pretty significant Spider-Man event that occurred. I, I want to say it was over the summer. Anyways, he is the guy who helped create Mary Jane. He also helped create Wolverine in the comics. He is responsible. He was the artist that took over Amazing Spider-Man after Steve Ditko left. He worked with Stan Lee for a very long time. And um, it was one of those things where, like, I've I've got a collection of Amazing Spider-Man that goes from, I've, get, I've got every issue from 300 to 700. So it's a lot of the later stuff. But even I know who John Romita Sr. is and have definitely read some of the comics that he illustrated. And, you know, I, I, I did a lot of back reading on Marvel Unlimited when I had it. And so his artwork and his art style is very kind of seminal to Peter's development um, and the, the character's mythology overall. Was this an event that was on either of your radars? And if it was, how did it, uh, how did it affect you guys? Yeah, it was incredibly saddening to hear um, because John Romita Sr., I think, when you think of Spider-Man, I, I don't think people realize as well, when you think about the comic Spider-Man, not necessarily like games or movies or whatever, but when you think Spider-Man from the comics, mm -hmm. his is usually the, the version that you see. Like the classic, the classic 
I'd even say like Steve Ditko did loads for Spider-Man. Steve Ditko helped create Spider-Man, co-created Spider-Man. But I'd argue that his his representation of of the character, his drawings, and and as good as they were, I don't think they are the definitive Spider-Man, definitive Spider-Man look. I'd argue that's John Romita Senior, and he did so much for the character, the way that he portrayed Gwen Stacy, um, just you know his era in general, um, you know Mary Jane, as you said. He did so much for the character, and John Romita Jr. has obviously done a lot now, and uh, it's it was cool to see that legacy be carried over. But yeah, he he's, he did so much for for the character, and it was really sad to see see him pass. Uh, that this was not a death that was on my radar this year, so news to me. I'm grieving now. Thanks. <laughs> um, no, I, I I I I'm not huge into the comics, so I I, I don't have a, a large attachment, but. Uh, that's sad and and it's always sad to see a, a prominent creator like that go yeah yeah i mean you know eventually we're all gonna go it's the great equalizer but doesn't make it any less sad when it when it does happen and and i would i would say um i would say that whereas steve ditko his his drawing style was um i would say i think stark is a good way to describe how he drew spider-man and i like to think that Succeeding from Steve Ditko to John Romita Sr., not that I'm saying Sr. was a better artist than Ditko, but like the styles changing. I almost feel like with Steve Ditko, we got the young, gangly, awkward Peter. And then when John Romita took over, you know, he's 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 matured. The 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 geek has grown up and gotten a little better looking and maybe a little smoother kind of thing, you know. And I I know it I know it differs from artist to artist. So you know, that's not a perfect analogy or anything. But when when Ramita took over, suddenly Peter looked like a heartthrob from a romance comic, you know, like that's that's just what happened. Another event that happened this year was the release of the Craven the Hunter trailer, which the reason I'm bringing that up is because shortly after that trailer was released, it got rescheduled to 2024. It was originally supposed to come out in October of this year, and then it got pushed back almost a full year to, I think it's July or August of next year, which to me was significant just because this is this is a Spider-Man adjacent property, and Sony has not had the best track record with these types of movies. And uh, kind of when I, I mean, when I watched the trailer and then the fact that they pushed it back just a couple, you know, a few weeks later, I it, it just made me go, well, that tells me that they don't have a lot of confidence in this movie. Um, it was just kind of one of those things that I was like, you guys just need to give the property over to Marvel. I, I mean, I say that every opportunity I can anyways, but do you guys remember that little mini fiasco? Uh, Craven, Craven the Hunter, for me personally, is one of my my least favorite Spider-Man villains. So I'm the fact that it's like it's a Craven movie, it's a Sony movie. This is in like the Venom verse, right? Uh, the same sort of that that same universe. I'm like, eh, we'll see when it comes out. I'll see, but I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to it. You know, everything's stacked against you yeah. <laughs> for that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's good. But I mean, I'm gonna go see it. But at this point, the reason I'm gonna go see it is just so that I can talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, either to go see it or not, you know, that I feel like that's my main reason for going to see these movies that on the face of them look like they are not going to be good. 
Yeah, no, I never saw the original Venom movie in in theaters. I know fake Spider Man fan, but I genuinely didn't because just it didn't interest me. And I knew what Sony was like. It, you could see it right from the off, even though it was the first one that they were making. Like from the trailers, everything it just looked like it was just like, it's gonna be so bad. And then I, when I ended up actually watching it, I was like, yeah. To, it, to be fair, Tom Hardy as Venom is great. Mm-hmm. I love Tom Hardy. Amazing, amazing actor carried the movie for me but the movie was just not great so yeah uh, craven looks exactly the same russell crowe is my saving grace in this movie so <laughs> venom is a movie i saw i think i've seen it twice i don't think i could tell you what happens in it and same for for the second one too i'm like it's just it, it was so forgettable for me literally i i fully i fully understand that like i i remember they went to like a laboratory and then a forest at some point and that's about it yeah, I I can't I can't honestly cannot remember um, anything else about the movie. I mean, I just uh, I just remember watching like Venom. I didn't have too many issues with. I'm always going to have the issue that Spider Man is not part of Venom's origin. But I feel like if you took that movie and then just renamed it something else, that it would have been fine. But unfortunately, just to me, Spider Man is essential to Venom's emergence at least the eddie brock version of venom you know yeah i was gonna say if i learned anything from spider-man 2 the game is that actually uh eddie brock is not super important to my at least in my heart to the the origin of venom it's all about peter and then it can be anybody else because i loved how they did it in spider-man 2 and i'm sure we'll talk about this when we get to spider-man 2 but quickly while we're on that point i i know a lot of spider-man fans will disagree when i say this and we'll probably, and we'll probably not like it. But Tyler, you are very, very much a hundred percent correct in the fact that Venom is a, Eddie Brock is only important to Venom after um, he gets a symbiote. After um, the symbiote leaves Peter, when he goes to San Francisco in the comics with the Lethal Protect comics, and that's only when Eddie Brock's important, really, because as long as you do the character work like they did with Harry and Peter in Spider Man Two. You can give the symbiote to whoever it may be. Like if right. it was like if they set up the story for MJ to get the symbiote and then she gets it. Yeah, probably, you know, why? Who knows? But if they do it right, it's going to work. So, yeah, you are you are right in that in that sense. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And it's uh, yeah, I, I think I think that I learned a similar lesson. I was like, you know, you're going to do Venom without Eddie Brock. How are you going to do that? And you know, I started theorizing and speculating like everyone else did at the time before we knew it was going to be Harry. But, you know, there, there are quite a few narrative possibilities if you decide not to go with Eddie Brock that could work. And Insomniac picked a winner with this one. So Harry yeah. was, ex, you know, he was, he was a great host. So it worked out well. So. That, that story is all about showing the contrast between Peter, who is generally a good person, right? Good person TM gets corrupted by the symbiote, which is, I'm sure, a metaphor for something. And then uh, he becomes less of a good person. And But that only works is because, the reason that works is because we know Peter so well. We know he's a good person. When you just bring in a person who's not Peter, you don't. You need to set, take the time to set up that they're a good person who got changed by the symbiote, right? Otherwise, it's just a story about a super strong dude, which is fine, but it's not particularly interesting from a storytelling perspective. Right. Yes. No. This year, Tom Holland announced that he was going to take some time off from acting. I think doing the trilogy of Spider-Man movies 
and all the other Marvel stuff. Definitely been a lot of work for him. And then a lot of his other projects outside of Spider-Man were not particularly successful. And so he decided to take some time off, take a take a little time off of acting. It looks like that time is coming to a close because it's been stated recently that he is in negotiation with Sony and Disney Marvel again and is being very kind of protective of the character, very choosy about like what kind of story that they tell in order for him to sign back on. So I thought it was very interesting when he made that announcement. I I think the first thing that I thought after I kind of absorbed it, I was just kind of like, you know what? Good for you. I can I I can't even imagine how I can't imagine what his life is like, both the good and the bad. So there are probably some major stressors that come with that part uh, that come on him personally. And so I, I just felt him making that announcement was kind of a kind of a good. It was a good blow for protecting your mental health, I feel like. And so I was I was really happy to hear that he made that decision. I was a little dismayed at first, but then, you know, he's like, give me a little time and then we'll, we'll see. Um, so I'm glad to hear that he is at least talking to people again about coming back. And I really think that, again, as as much as I want Tom Holland to be Spider-Man for like the next, you know, decade or so, I really feel like I, I feel like maybe if more people do that kind of thing, maybe they won't get as tired of the projects that they're on. And, you know, they come back to them a little bit more rejuvenated and everything. So I don't know. I was really happy about that. And uh, again, I'm glad to hear that he looks like he's coming back. What do you guys think? I think if I were an actor of that uh, stature, uh, uh, a metaphoric stature, I would not want to play the same character for 10 straight years, like without doing anything else in between. And that would be like, if you're on the Marvel, like that treadmill, I think you just kind of keep cranking those movies out if you want to. And he's a young guy who is like, he didn't get into acting to be, spider-man he got into it to be an actor right and so he got to play spider-man and that's great and he, he probably wants to avoid being typecast and he wants to move on and do some other stuff it probably doesn't matter to him that those other movies were not as successful because i think he probably is really proud of them and he he doesn't need money he's got that marvel money now uh, <laughs> but i think you take a couple of years away um you get a little bit older yourself and you start to to say hey let let's revisit some of these older some of this older character that that i that i just did you know i i, I just always I wonder how how actors can play the same character for like 20 years. Like you get like Kelsey Grammer played Frasier for like 20 years and now he's back doing it again. Right. It's like, dang, man, that's a long time to be that guy. <laughs> to be fair, he took like a 20 year break. though. That's true. That's true. No. And I am watching Frasier and I am pretty happy with it, actually. Like it a bit of a slow start, but it's it got better towards the end. So I hope they do a second season. Good. But that's I'm, just ho me, so. I'm hoping to get around to it. I'm finished. I'm on the last two seasons of the original show. So, OK. All right. Um, Lewis, any, do you have any thoughts on this? No, yeah, it's 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 interesting uh, with Tom Holland because he's such a great actor, and I think yeah, you hit the nail on the head with he doesn't want to be tight cast, and uh, that started to happen a little bit after his first few Spider-Man movies, and I think he probably doesn't want that to happen for the rest of his life, so he's probably maybe more cautious about doing a whole new trilogy because he knows. If he does a whole new trilogy in the same con contract somewhere, it's going to be written in that he has to do maybe two Avengers movies or whatever. Right. And so, like, yeah, I, I just hope 
I'd be happy with him from a from a fan's perspective. I'd be really happy if he signed for a new trilogy. But pers- but but for him as a person and knowing the type of person that he is, I hope he takes as much time with it as possible because it is like if he's not happy then the then you know i don't think the movie will be as good as it can be right. and i think i think ev- i think everyone loses tom tom loses then the fans lose as well i i just I, I want tom to be happy first and foremost and and if that means maybe signing one movie at a time maybe only signing to do four and then if he's happy to do five then he signs to do five then i'm i'm happy with that whatever tom wants to do I, i'm just glad that he's he's willing to 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 think about the character and think about coming back in the first place. I, I, I think this, we were talking about this earlier where you were talking about how you wanted a more like character focused Spider-Man movie. And that may be what Tom Holland wants to do. If he's like, I want, if he's an, an actor, actor, right. And he wants to go off and do these great character pieces and that, all of that kind of stuff. I think that's awesome. I think he, he has the acting chops to do it. If he can take that and combine it with what Marvel is doing in, in the MCU and and do like a really good spider-man character story like i would love a spider-man movie that's like not an action movie like less a spider-man movie and more a peter parker movie right mm-hmm. and i think yeah. tom holland has the the chops to do that and i and i hope that that's the kind of stuff that he's thinking about when he's like well we got to make sure we, we do the right thing he's not just going to sign on for you know whatever they want to do as spider-man for i would love to see that i i think that would be really cool and i kind of like kind of like what lewis said i, I feel like wh- whatever whatever Tom needs to do in order to kind of keep things uh, copacetic and be happy. I I feel like he should do that as much as I hate to say it up to and including walking away from the role. If it comes to it, you know, if, if, if that's what he feels he needs to do, I I will respect that. Will not want to have to go through getting to know a whole nother actor, but I'll do it. No movie is better than a bad movie. That is so right. That's so right. And the thing is, though, like it would, like I said before, I don't want to have to get to know another Spider-Man again. But if Tom Holland isn't happy, then I, I think the right thing to do is to end it at No Way Home because No Way Home is a good ending for mm-hmm. the character. And like, like what we were saying before, I think this is the perfect opportunity for MCU Spider-Man Four to be a Peter Parker movie because they end it on a note where they're like, "Oh, Peter Parker doesn't exist anymore." And invertedly, that's a great opportunity to explore why. Like, what does Peter Parker do now that no one knows him? Like, this is a great opportunity to do that character piece that oh, like, we've always wanted. This so. is where you bring Miles in and you have you have Peter like sort of like mentoring him almost from the shadows, like in a way that he doesn't even know. You know what I mean? Because because Peter's not Spider-Man in this world. There could be a there's there could be a fun way to do that of like, uh, I can't be Spider-Man, but I can be um I, I can be like the the not spider-man you know what i mean like i can mentor this spider-man kind of coaching him from the shadows there was yeah. rumors actually though that that miles it, it was uh must have been earlier in the year way before spider-man 2 came out and probably even before across the spider-verse there was rumors that miles morales was going to be in this movie and he was going to be um either a roommate or peter's friend kind of taking the harry osborne role oh, and they were going to approach they were going to approach that relationship like that so miles wouldn't actually be younger this would be mm. i think possibly the first time in an adaptation where Peter and Miles would be the same age, which I think would have been interesting if, yeah. if that is to what they were to do. But who knows what they've got in store for Spider-Man 4. I hope they do Black Cat, though. That's all I'll say. Black Ooh. Cat has been Black Cat has been undeservedly disincluded in Spider-Man adaptations for a very long time, especially the movies. Who's and your I'm pick? Really... For, for oh. 
I'll, actually, you know what? Shall we all pick an actor? I, w- I want. I want to go last if we all pick an actor. I, I, I don't. Cause I don't know. I've got to think about this. What do you guys too. think first? Okay, we got to think. We have, we have. We have a little bit of time okay, we to think. think. About. Because uh, oh. like the first thing that jumps into my head is I I want I, like Anne Hathaway, but obviously okay we already did that you can't do that you can't do that. But uh, I was thinking that you know Anne Hathaway because she was actually meant to play Black Cat in Spider Man Four, uh, in the oh, Sam really? Raimi one. Yeah, be- before she got cast as Catwoman, she was meant to play Black Cat, which is I find highly ironic. But it's it, it's funny because it's perfect. But no, Anne Hathaway, you can't. It's a cop out, isn't it? Really, Anne Hathaway, Black Cat. We had Felicity Jones in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was, she played Felicia Hardy. She was only mm-hmm. in for a few scenes. That's kind of a cop-out. Maybe, maybe Anya Taylor-Joy, possibly. Oh, I'm down for Anya Taylor-Joy. Maybe, maybe slightly, slightly on the younger side of Black Cat, but she's roughly the same age as Tom Holland. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking possibly if you can do like maybe something where they're around the same age, because Black Cat's meant to be a bit older than Peter, but it's if they were going to do something where maybe Peter and Felicia were the same age, Anya Taylor-Joy is around the same age as Tom Holland. So like possibly. And I think she has, I think she has the range to do it because I'm thinking back to, I think like, a. have you guys ever seen last night in Soho Mm -mm. with Anya Taylor-Joy? I haven't. No. So I've seen parts of the Queen's Gambit though. Oh, she's great in Queen's Gambit. But last night in Soho, she plays like this very mysterious character akin to like the main character it's really hard to explain but she's like really mysterious and um and like almost sly and i i feel like it's a very black cat-esque kind of vibe so i'll, I'll go with anya taylor joy i mean i'm having a hard time coming up with <laughs> an actress who um you know who i think would be better at that point i'm sure there's there's plenty of them but um but let's think um I mean, I would say I would say Sydney Sweeney, but she's doing a she's doing a Spider-Man adjacent project anyway. So, oh yeah, she's she's, uh, she's, she's Spider Woman, right? Is she? I forget which Spider Woman she is. I want to say she's like the Julia she's... Carpenter version of Spider Woman. Yeah. yeah, sounds yeah. So Lewis's pick is Anya Taylor Joy. Do we do we want to just agree or do we? Want yeah, to... I just agree with that. I think that's <laughs> I, good. Yeah, we don't need to spend I, I, really, a ton of time on this. I yeah. just think it's uh, it's fun to talk about. No, it, it it certainly is. These 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 kinds of fan casts are always fun. All right. Um, let's see. Moving on, let's talk a little bit about some of the media releases this year. I'm gonna go ahead. We're gonna talk about the video game and the movie f- before we hit the comics. So um, we'll we'll save the comics for last. We'll talk about the the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse film first. So all I'm gonna say about this one, and I'm gonna let you guys talk about it. Freaking loved it so much. I didn't think I was going to love anything. Like after End of the Spider-Verse, I was like, wow, I don't know what I'm going to love better than this. And then I saw No Way Home. And then I saw Across the Spider-Verse. It's been a good few years for Spider-Man. It has. It It really really has. has. But uh, yeah, um, I don't know. that, That movie really just knocked it out of the park for me in ways that I wasn't even anticipating. So what did you guys, what did you guys think? Tyler? I, I, oh man, from the very first frame of that movie, when Gwen Stacy is playing the drums, it, that's, it got me because I, 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 I had read the Spider-Gwen comics like just before Into the Spider-Verse, like to sort of get ready so I would know who the character was. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a person who also plays the drums. So 
like that's a a thing that I really connected with her on uh, playing drums in the Mary Janes. And so I loved her in the comics. They didn't really do much with that in the in the movie, which is fine. But then from the very first just hitting that snare drum at the beginning, I was like, this is the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. And it could end right now (laughs) because, man, I I love I love her art style. I want like I want tattoos of that stuff like it just. That movie was so great. And then from there on, it just continued to get even better. I thought it's, I I could just gush about that movie all day. So like every single frame of that movie could be like a piece of artwork, like a Mm -hmm. poster or something. I don't think there's a single shot that you couldn't put up and go, okay, that's quality artwork there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, this movie is fantastic. And it's, I, I don't I don't even know what to say about this movie. It's like so I I, I really my, my ultimate goal is I really, really would love at some point to make a movie or to be a writer or to write a screenplay or to write a book or something like that or something or other. Do something that's really like trying to put my creativity out there as much as I possibly can, try and express myself as best as I can. That's like my ultimate goal and hopefully make it a career. And I and I see movies all the time where it's really like saddening to see good actors be wasted on like really underdeveloped characters, action sequences, dull lighting, you know, whatever it may be. Like it's just really, really sad. And then you watch Across the Spider Verse, and oh my god, it's not just a good Spider Man movie; it's a good movie movie. Is a good movie, movie, and that really made me happy. And I was just like, the care you could just tell that that Miles Chase sequence at the end of the film took them how many years? Did they say is it five years to make it? They said was it? I could be. I think so. That sounds it, right. Was it five? They said it took them five years. So they had like a team doing that scene since Into the Spider Verse came out until this movie released. It took them that long to make that one chase scene, and I was just like. That is so good. Like, okay, so this movie was that good that I never really do this. So, you know, when you go to like, you know, when you get to like cities and there's always a people selling like artwork on the street or whatever, they have like a little store. Mm-hmm. So I, I never really like, I'm not, I'm not really too interested. It is cool what they do, but I never usually like dabble if you know what I mean. But I saw this when I was in New York, right? And I saw this, if my camera reaches, I saw that Ooh. someone did that. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, I have to get that. Wow. So I got it. I bought it off the guy. I was like, that is amazing. I love this movie. And I was like, I'm getting it. <laughs> so that, that's that how much pretty... I love this movie. Yeah, no, that, that, that that's really nice. I plan to have, so I got Miles in the middle there. I'm going to plan to get uh, Peter B and uh, Spider-Gwen on, on the other side of the wall. So that I, that's like my little... I'm gonna have a little trio on my on my wall there. Yeah, this movie's great. Sorry, yeah, just I just had to show <laughs> show that. I've been waiting to show that at some point. <laughs> I got well, the opportunity. I'm, I'm, to do I'm so. glad you I'm glad you did it here. Um, for 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 those of you who are listening, uh, Lewis basically took his camera and pointed it to a uh, a, a piece of artwork that um, he got of um, it's uh, Miles Morales, but. It was it was the Miles Morales with the with the dreadlocks, right? From uh from from across the Spider Verse. Yeah, Prowler right? Miles, right? Prowler yeah. Miles, yeah. Yeah. So and it and it looked really cool. So um if you get the opportunity, go check it out on the live stream if you're listening. All right. No, uh yeah, no. This movie I on this podcast, every so often I do retro reviews of all of the Spider-Man movies. 
And at some point I'm going to do just a big tier list episode where I just, you know, put all the movies on a tier list, but I'm trying to get through all of the other ones first. So you'll have an idea of what the tier list would look like when we do the episode, but it's really interesting because I feel like this, this is definitely one of the top tier ones, but like, there are so many really good top tier Spider-Man movies that it, it becomes, it becomes almost like, do I, do I want to do like a ranked list now, or like a, a numbered list now or something, or is a tier list going to be distinct enough or, or whatever? And for a while I had a top three Spider-Man movies where it could change at any given time just because they were all great. And it's like, I'm kind of wondering, does this one go into number four? Because one of those three movies was into the Spider-Verse. And now it's like, oh my God, this one is like just as good, if not better. And and so it's it's like you said earlier, Tyler, you know, Spider-Man fans have been eating pretty well the last few years because Spider-Man movies the last few years, last decade or whatever you want to say, have just been really good. You know, it's it's been very, very consistent and somewhat difficult to, to pick a favorite, you know? Yeah. I, my only little worry about this, cause they, 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 I, they I'm sure they're going to bring it back in, in uh, beyond the spider verse is the, uh, so the, at the very beginning when uh, Miguel goes to like uh, do a vampire bite on somebody, I'm, I'm not, I don't like that storyline, the spider verse stuff with the inheritors and all that stuff. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that storyline and I don't want them to bring it into this. And it seems like that that would be the only reason for them to show him like vampire biting somebody and then not not like do anything with it is to do something mm-hmm. with it in the next movie, I think. So I'm not I'm, I hope that that's or if they do, they maybe they do a good job with it. Maybe somebody could do a good job, but I don't like that storyline in the comments. Are, are, are oh, you, avoid are avoid you Madam Web. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I saw the trailer from Adam Webb and I was like, you know what? Maybe not for me. <laughs> avoid Madam If you don't like the inheritors, avoid Madam I read it all and I was like, ugh. So I'm I'm just curious. I'm just curious, Tyler. Are you are you theorizing that Miguel could be an inheritor? Yeah, that's that's the theory, the the, the okay. theory at this point. Because I can't think of any other reason. And I don't know a lot about uh Miguel and, and Spider-Man 2099 as a separate property. So if he's got vampiric <gasps> properties independent of the inheritors, then maybe it's gonna be fine. Uh but he, does, he, he does have fangs. Yeah, he does okay. have fangs right. in the comics. So, so maybe yeah. it's okay. I mean, I guess fangs are a spider thing, not necessarily a vampire thing. So no, but I, I can definitely understand why that concern would have come up, you know, and and who's to, who's to say they might not put their own twist on it and make him an inheritor. You never know. Yeah. And it could know? be good. I mean, they've done such yeah. a good job with the movies so far. Like, I don't know, maybe they'll do a good job with it, but uh, it's not a storyline I'm excited for anyway. I, I get that. I get that. I also want to say right. just uh, real quick. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, jumping in right there, though, on that point is that. Um, they managed to adapt um, loosely in No Way Home, uh, loosely parts of One More Day. So if they can do that, then I believe they can adapt parts of the uh, Inheritor storyline and and all that possibly and do it justice, hopefully. Uh, but but yeah, No Way Home. Um, uh, one More Day was obviously one of the worst uh, things to ever happen to Spider-Man. So I think if, if they can, if they can make good out of it in a movie, hopefully they can do something good with the, with the inheritors. I was, um, I did an episode with Dan Gavazdan from the amazing spider talk podcast a while back. And 
the topic of that episode was iconic Spider-Man stories. And I think probably one of the first ones that he brought up and damn it, it's difficult to debate him, but he's, he's like, well, if you want iconic Spider-Man stories, one more day is probably one of the most iconic Spider-Man stories out there now. And he's right. If you think about it in terms of, because they have used elements of the story in one of the most successful Spider-Man movies. Yeah, in one of the most successful Spider-Man movies. And it's one of those stories that like it or hate it, you can't deny that it is definitely important to Spider-Man's history. And I was like, I I, I want to debate you, but I can't, you know? It's like um, iconic for the wrong reasons, like All-Star Batman and Robin. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you guys read All-Star Batman yeah. and Robin, but... <laughs> It's iconic, but not because it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, one more day is definitely one of those stories that I left me with a chip on my shoulder in a big way. Like for a while, I think I just hate read uh, Brand New Day in the comics because that that that's what followed directly. I just kind of hate read it, and then looking back on Brand New Day, I'm like, actually, a lot of the stuff in here is really good. But it, and it wouldn't have existed without one more day. So you got to take the good with the bad, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about the other big media release um, of 2023, Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Now, we have all three of us finished the, the game, right? We've all completed the story mode at least, right? Mm -hmm. Have we 100%ed the game or platinumed it or anything? Not quite yet. Okay, I'm the one nerd in here that's done that. So. I gotta get back to the the Mysterium <laughs> stuff. Is like eh, I'm just not having a lot of fun with it. So, oh it's really? Like one gripe, yeah, yeah. For well, me, it was like miles to do those too. You know? Yeah. Oh, can you not? You can you not? Oh, you can't play them as Peter, can you? No. No, you can't. No. Which I find a little bit weird, but okay, whatever. You know. I guess it was a Miles mission that triggered it. So. It, yeah. I guess it does kind of make sense, but. It does after you've completed the main story. I don't think it should really matter, does it? Because nothing, nah, nothing, nah. nothing's canon after the main story's finished. You can just do whatever you want. <laughs> well, you can I, go around as Venom. Was, there was one. Um, like, did you guys do the Spider Bots mission, side mission, where mm -hmm. you find all the the Spider Bots and everything? So, did anyone, as soon as that bartender appeared and you saw that what her name was? I was like, that's a character from a, from the comics. That's a deep cut, Delilah. Did you guys, did either of you recognize who that was? I'm not familiar with her, no. Lewis? To be honest with you, I didn't at first, no. I, okay. I, had, to look, I had to look into it. Yeah, it's, she's, a, she's a deep, deep cut. Delilah is actually like a mercenary who was opposed to Spider-Man in the comics. I don't know how often she's appeared. I just know that she often worked with the Rose, who was like, King, he's a crime boss. He's also Kingpin's son. And so she was kind of like his muscle a lot of the time. And, you know, I, I don't know that she's appeared in a whole lot of stories, and I don't know that she's been that important. But I don't think she has ever, I don't know if they've ever revealed her to have a last name. She's just gone by Delilah. And so when I saw the bartender with just the name Delilah, and I mean, she was, she was like a brunette too. I'm like, okay, you're uh, you're that character, aren't you? And the way that she talks to Peter or Miles, depending on who completes that mission, she's like, we can always count on you to do the right thing. And I'm like, mm, you sound like you're working for somebody who doesn't 
doesn't necessarily put a lot of stock in doing the right thing. And, and so, I don't know. I just thought that was a really cool touch. Again, I may not be reading the comics a lot these days, but I definitely read enough of them back in the day to be like, I know who that is. So, but yeah, I don't know. A little nerd moment for me. Were there, were there moments in the game that kind of made you go, oh my God, that's awesome. Cindy Moon. <laughs> Cindy Moon at the end. Uh, as much as I dislike the Inheritor storyline, uh, I don't know how they'll do the bunker stuff with her. I don't, if 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 they'll do any of that, but uh, which is kind of core to the character, I feel like. So it's hard to not do it. But I love Cindy Moon. I love Silk. Ugh. And she was in um, uh, Homecoming also very briefly. She's in Peter's class. Yes, and, she's one uh, of his classmates. I think there's a Silk movie in the in the Sony verse, like that's sort of planned i don't know if that's actually happening i didn't think the madam web movie was going to happen and then i saw a trailer for it and i was like <laughs> oh they're okay they're doing it but i um, they've I got a Silk. show coming out for her okay maybe, that's, so maybe what, that's what's in development and yeah. it's a is it it's a sony thing it's not an mcu thing it's like it it's like a it's like an amazon thing oh. in collaboration with sony i think is, okay. is what it's like they're doing that and a, and a spider-man noir show so um cool. as far are, as we know it's going to be um as far as we know, um, it'll possibly be in the same universe, but on, but probably won't be because we know that Spider-Man Noir is getting the same sort of treatment and Spider-Man Noir can't exist in the Sony universe because canonically things don't line up unless they somehow manage to stitch up. So the likelihood is, is that it will be a separate thing. But everyone's saying that it's in the Sony universe, but it probably won't be. But it's going to be just like a, t a TV show. Maybe like eight episodes, I think, something like that. It's gonna be you know Amazon length type show. Okay. You know, how they how they do shows? Yeah. Well, when she showed up, post credits. This is big spoilers for Spider Man Two. Sorry, everybody. But uh, post credits scene, Cindy Moon shows up briefly. Doesn't even say anything. But I I lost it. I was like, this is yes, this is what I want. So yeah, no, I I the the same. And and really, um, the reason I like Cindy as much as I do is because I was actually reviewing her comic for um, the Amazing Spider Talks website about a decade ago when she first emerged and really enjoyed her story. But the way that she was introduced was very cringe. And uh, Dan Slott basically introduced her. She got bit by the same spider as Peter. She had these like pheromones that apparently only worked on Peter. Was it was very like, it was like, mm, what are you doing? You know? But as soon as they got her away from Dan Slot, all due respect to Dan Slot, <laughs> um, as soon as they got her away and gave her to other writers, um, her story became very much like Peter's, except it was, you know, it was it was a young Korean American woman um, who was doing it. She had J. Jonah Jameson as a side character and everything, and it was it was a lot of fun. So and he I actually was, likes uh, her, which is different than yeah, I know, right? So, um, you know, but that's that's kind of the reason that I liked her, because even though the, the comic didn't get a lot of readership, I was always kind of out there advocating for it and be like, you guys, if you like Peter Parker, you should give this a read. You'll you'll enjoy it. You'll see the parallels. So um, but that's why I liked her. And that's why I, I kind of lost it when I saw her. I don't know, Lewis, what, what are your thoughts on Cindy Moon? Oh, I love Cindy Moon. Uh, her introduction was really weird. I remember reading it when it came out as well. And I was like. I mustn't have been old then. I was like, oh god, how old would I? Have been? I would have been like, I would have been like twelve or something. So, I was like reading this and I was like cringing because I was like, this is meant to be a Spider-Man comic book. Why? Why are they doing? Why are they doing this? Why? Is, why is she making out with Peter? Like, what's going on? Yeah. 
<laughs> where's mary jane spontaneously you know? yeah you know it was it was really weird um but no like you said after she got taken away from the main series and kind of did her own thing she was she was great like great character and i'm really glad that she's getting her own show but yeah no in terms of how she gets her powers i think tyler you've asked the question how they're going to adapt the whole bunk story i think possibly there will have been they're going to spin it right it's because because she got introduced to miles right instead of peter i think they're gonna do it so that she was possibly bitten by the same spider or possibly a different spider that escaped at the same time as the one that bit miles so i reckon mm. she got bit at the same time as miles instead of peter i reckon that's how they're gonna spin it because she's introduced to miles first and i reckon she'll be a big part of miles's story instead of peter's in the third game or whatever game comes next and uh, I think that's how they'll probably do it. I reckon she already has powers. I think we'll get more information on that as as her story unfolds, hopefully. But I, I don't know. Who knows? I'm definitely eager to see what Insomniac does with her. I think it'll I, I think it'll be good. I've been very impressed overall with their storytelling throughout these last three games that they've made for these characters. Yeah, I think I, I, think, I was yeah. talking about earlier that this is my favorite version of the Venom story. I'm not a huge fan of that storyline in general, although it has grown on me the more adaptations I've I've consumed. But I really like what they did with it in this game. I really like that it was that it was Harry that that sort of picks up the suit, uh, the symbiote before Peter. I I thought that was really cool, really well done. Uh, they managed to fit a lot of villains into this game in a way that didn't feel forced. Like if you try to fit that many villains into like a movie, you end up with like Batman Forever, which is not good. Um, <laughs> yeah. And a little bit, Spider-Man 3 had a little bit of that problem too, I think, of just like too many villains. But in a, in a they did a good job in this game with with introducing like a bunch of iconic villains that they hadn't before. Well, and I mean, yeah. some of them, like some of the ones that, that were in the previous game got a mention because the because Craven killed them off state or, mm -hmm. you know, off screen basically. And it was just kind of like, yikes, you know, I, I remember, I remember seeing that and going, wait a minute, wait a minute, Vulture's dead. And I was like, but, but, but. I don't want to see the old man in the green suit again, you know, but you know, it's not going to happen anymore. Not in this game series. So, but a uh, very, very kind of a finessed way that they kind of did that with all the, with all the other villains, um, Sandman being a, a good example, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's the, he's the first person you fight. Well, there turns out there's a pretty good reason for that. You know, he's not actually trying to be a menace, but that's how yeah. it comes off. So that whole scene um, is such a good, technical demonstration too i know people we've we people talk about it a lot I, I hang out a lot in online places where they talk about the technical parts of video games so people mm -hmm. talk about it a lot of just the, like when he flings miles like all the way across the city and then miles like jumps back like that's a very like technically impressive thing to do to just be able to load the whole city that fast right yes um, which is yeah just just so cool so like from a gameplay perspective it's great i thought the story was good technically the game is awesome like there's just like very few flaws in that game I mean, that fast travel system was really nice. Yeah, that was so cool. The only <laughs> the only thing about it that wasn't as good as the fast travel in the first Spider-Man game is you don't get to fun subway scenes. <laughs> Those were nice. Those were a lot of fun. And uh, they added they added character. So you don't get those. But I mean, like, I mean, did you did you notice it took me a while to pick up on this? But like, like wherever you wherever you click, essentially, that's like the exact street you fly onto, you mm -hmm. know? And I was like, that's wow. You, you can really pinpoint where you come in instead of like just a section of town or something, which is what I thought was going to happen. No, you can pinpoint like the street 
if you really want to. That's that's impressive. That's something I never PS5's crazy. But I never expected like I don't really play video games that, that often, but when I've played games in the past, obviously loading times have always been a thing. Especially a game like Grand Theft Auto Five, which has a really big loading time on on the PS4 and the Xbox One. But then coming into Spider Man Two and then the game comes up straight away. The fast travel is instant. The switching between Miles and Peter is instant. You get the you get the portal hopping in the Black Cat mission. You get all this stuff. It's like, oh my god, that's just that's crazy. That's <laughs> absolutely crazy. Just goes to show what you can do once you've got the hardware for it. You know, mm -hmm. that is a good a good example of uh, sometimes people will say, well, you know, graphics or hardware don't matter. It's all about gameplay. It's like this is a, an instance where the hardware enables the gameplay, which is really cool. Yes. That's a really good point. And, uh, yeah, you know, so yeah, they do matter up at least up to a certain point, but yeah, overall, um, I love the game. It wasn't perfect. I mean, there were a couple, there were a couple of narrative issues that I know people came up with in the game. Almost no one seems to like the suit that miles made for himself, uh, towards the end of the game. I like it, but I, I'm I'm in the minority. I'm very clearly in the minority. Lewis will tell you that. Um, <laughs> but uh, overall, it does a really good job of kind of growing the characters in a way that you don't really get to see in the comic books. You know, like Insomniac seems to be aware. Okay, this is like this is a short term project. It's a it's going to be probably at least a trilogy, but. You know, we're going to tell a complete story with these characters in, in this time and let them grow and develop. And I just kind of find myself wishing that that were the case in the comics as well. Perfect segue. No, I know. I'm good, aren't I? <laughs> so, yeah, actually, uh, comics are next on the list. And um, honestly, big, big story that, that, that I can intuit from this year has just been that Amazing Spider-Man has just not been that good as of late. Um, and I've only read a few of the comics from this year, and so the, they're kind of like one-issue snapshots of the year. And by themselves, they don't have a lot of context, so I don't have a whole lot to say about the year in particular. Like, what I've liked has been interesting. Like, I think I read a story where Peter is talking to Norman Osborn, about how he can't trust him and how like Osborne is looking like he's trying to do better and everything. But I, I didn't read the issue before that. I haven't read the issue after that yet. I've read the first part of like the gang war storyline, which I actually really enjoyed. It was very fast paced and um, it has the potential to be overstuffed. But I think that there were there were people that got killed. There were people revealed to not have been killed. There's a lot of destruction going on. A lot of the heroes don't seem to like Peter right now, including Miles. Like, there's a lot going on. But again, I don't have a lot of context for this. So, but from what I what I do have a lot of context for is a lot of others' feedback, a lot of other readers who have just said, my God, this comic just seems to be a dumpster fire. And this has been going on for more than the last year. Now, Lewis, I know that you're probably the best one to answer this question because you're reading the comics and you're also making videos with your feedback about them. So you're probably the best one to talk about what is it that is placing the Amazing Spider-Man comic book so low in, in many people's estimation um, for the past year or so? Um, Marvel editorial, really. 
like it's like if you took the spider-man movies with tom holland like we were talking about before like with mcu spider-man 4 if they're going to make um, a, a grounded movie they're going to progress the character forward it's like them going with spider-man 4 after the back of no way home reintroducing mj straight away having them rekindle their relationship in the first half an hour of the movie kind of taking away any sort of consequence that no way home had for the character take away the suit that he got at the end of the movie which perfectly represented all three spider-men give him a new one making it completely different yeah that that's kind of how the comics feel it's it's like it's like destroying stuff that come before they as um as you guys probably will know like mj and peter were married at one point in the comics right and they're not they're not anymore they are on and off or have been on and off dating since when did one more day come out a uh, brand new day oh brand boy day. that was in 2008 i think 2000 they've been on and off dating since 2008 and it is frustrating because they can't let the character grow up every single story is oh mj and peter are back together and then a new writer comes in because the sales drop or they take a slight dip a new writer comes in oh oh mj and peter are breaking up again it's like come on guys you're not you know you're not helping yourselves and by proxy the comics just keep getting worse and worse now the current writer zeb wells gets a lot of heat on twitter and and, and youtube and all the other social media platforms um and i think because he's writing the comic books and they're so bad at the moment people are jumping on him like nothing one thing that I want to make very clear is I don't think he's a bad writer. He's not a bad writer by any means, or else he wouldn't be hired by Marvel in the first place. He's just been stuck in a situation where no matter what story he tells, it's always going to get poorly received because Marvel editorial dictates that Peter and MJ have to be broken up because Peter has to be reset back to this youthful status quo type person that he was in the 70s, 60s and 70s. Like He has to be this okay. character that young people can relate to. But the issue is, is that people don't want him to stay the same. People want him to grow up and get back together with MJ and stay together with MJ, get married, have kids, move his life forward with a new job. Uh, like Tyler, you were saying earlier, you know, he had Parker Industries at one point in the comics. Maybe bring something more akin to how, what that was like back as well. You know, move his character forward and give him the story that he deserves. And it's frustrating because while they're not doing this they're also destroying other characters as well in order to give him new stories they're killing miss marvel and then saying oh peter's really sad about that they're then and that destroys miss marvel's character to all just to not tell new stories and then they're making norman osborne a good guy and norman osborne can't be a good guy he can't because you're telling me after he killed peter's the love of peter's life he peter's ever gonna trust him ever no he's not Peter's never going to trust Norman Osborn, no matter what the stakes are. It's never going to happen. The, the Gwen Stacy death is one of the most important uh, most important events in Spider-Man's history, and you're telling me that Peter is going to have even the slightest bit of sympathy for Norman Osborn. No, he's never going to do that. It doesn't make any sense. Like, in freshman year, yeah, Norman Osborn and Peter are going to be friends before they're enemies, but that makes sense. At this point, Norman Osborn's already killed Gwen Stacy. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so... They're destroying the comics by destroying by basically destroying the stories that came before. So sorry, that's my rant over. I get I get <laughs> I'm so I'm too invested no, in no, these no. comics. I need I need no, to step that's, back. <laughs> that's that's but it but it's also very insightful because I mean you 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 brought up a very good point about Peter 
you know, should should he ever trust Norman again? Because you're right, in this continuity, he did kill Gwen Stacy, which makes me ask the question, why would he trust him? I, I need a damn good answer if I'm going to, you know, buy into that story. So it it it, it sounds a lot like what you're saying is that they want to keep him young. So they, they basically have him trapped in this kind of cycle where he never actually, for example, keeps a stable relationship or anything like that. And it sounds like in order to invent stories around that, that they are basically either taking a sledgehammer to or disrespecting a lot of the narrative that has come before it. How does that sound? Yeah, basically. I mean, it, it it's right. And I think the Norman Osborn story is like, yeah, that could be interesting. Norman trying to gain Peter's trust. That sounds like a, a good story. Like, it sounds like it's got a lot of stakes to it. It's It's got a lot of dramatic elements to it. Like, Norman killed Peter's girlfriend. Norman's got to win Peter's trust back. That sounds like a really good story on the surface. But it's a part of a bigger problem that they won't stop reusing old characters. They won't stop rehashing old stories. And it's kind of this constant theme of they go around in circles with the same characters, the same stories all the time. Instead of introducing new characters, introducing new stories, progressing the character forward. So, you know, older readers that grew up with the younger Peter can relate to that character, carry on reading. And and people who have seen him develop don't get, you know, a slap in the face when he goes back to square one. It's just really frustrating. It's like, like what I said about MC Spider-Man 4. Imagine if you're watching the next Spider-Man movie and then they just undo everything that happened in at the end of no way home you'd be really annoyed like you'd be like why 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 yeah it's like i that. remember I, uh, I don't mean to bring another fandom into this but that's how i felt with the last star wars movie <laughs> oh yeah no i 100 agree yeah that that was another example of that as well what, what was did your you what ever... how did you feel with that oh uh, with star wars specifically well i mean i guess just in general but when it happened in star wars like what was your like thoughts about oh. it it feels bad because you you set up a certain story with certain themes and like a story has a message that it wants to deliver right i'm going to talk mm -hmm. extremely broadly but like it, it, there's sort of a moral or a message that a story really wants to deliver and then when you get to to the next part of that story and the very next part of that story like undermines the message of the of the earlier part then you you're left wondering like hey who like who's in charge here right like what is the message that you guys want to get across here and uh, if you if you're undermining that all the time, then it's like, well, why should I, why should what what why should I take anything away from what you're writing? Because like the stories themselves are interesting. We love like the the details of the stories, but it's really like, what does the story mean, right? And and that's what gives you those lasting feels at the end of the day. Is like what this story means to me. And if you just under undermine it, then it feels bad. And yeah, yeah, so Star Wars was like that. I think Lost did a lot of that too. Uh, that just feels bad. And that's what people will remember is that feeling. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. That that just that just left me, you know. Um, unfortunately, I'm gonna just go ahead and bring this up. That's how I felt about Amazing Spider-Man too. You know, the uh, the the second Andrew Garfield movie. Mm -hmm. It left me. I was like, I was like, I guess I'll clap because the movie's over. But you know, um, and and I I, I don't I don't want to pile on that movie right now or anything. But like that is just a feeling that has stuck with me like ever since ever since i walked out on that movie i was like this is not this is this is not a fun thing to have you know i'm supposed to love these movies and and i couldn't bring myself to do it all right so lewis amazing spider-man do you think there is any hope for it in 2024 no <laughs> dang <laughs> 
No. <laughs> I, I'm not usually, one. <laughs> yeah. I usually like to be optimistic. Like, for example, Star Wars. Like, we can be optimistic about Star Wars because the Skywalker saga's over. They're doing good stuff with the TV shows uh, on mm -hmm. the side. And mm -hmm. they might have right. a new trilogy that could be could be good. That's savable. Amazing Spider-Man comics. As long as Nick Lowe... I, I no disrespect to Nick Lowe because he's, he's clearly done a lot of things right to get into the position he's in. He's the head of Marvel editorial, but I think he's got to go. I think he's. I think he's got to go. Um, I think his time is over. I think we need someone with a mindset in that position that wants to wants to take the evolution of not just Spider Man. I guess maybe what other Marvel characters have been affected? Actually, I don't really read that many Marvel characters other than Spider Man, but I, I assume possibly other Marvel characters surrounding Spider Man have been affected in the same sort of way. I, I hope certainly we need possible, someone. Yeah, yeah, certainly possible. I hope we we get a team in at Marvel editorial, not just Nick Lowe, maybe others as well, that have that mindset that these characters need to evolve and they need to grow. That's why I'm excited for um, Jonathan Hickman's Ultimate Spider-Man coming out next year, which is a brand new and number as one. It, as it turns out, so, that's the ooh. next item on my list. Is uh, we're we're basically starting the uh, the upcoming media releases and our hopes for 2024 section here. And uh, the comics is the first thing. Uh, so talk to me, talk to me about this, uh, the comic that you do have hopes for. Yeah, Tyler, I, think uh... I think you'll be excited to hear this. Well, Tyler, I, I don't know how big you are into comics, but if you've ever, if you've ever wanted to read comics, uh, Spider-Man one, let's just say, for example, this is the best opportunity you'll probably get in about 20 years to to start reading one because this we're gonna get ultimate spider-man starting in january and it's basically written by jonathan hickman he's a well-known writer uh comic writer he's done some pretty cool stuff before and um it's basically just going to follow an older peter parker um who's already kind of who a uh, peter parker might i say sh who's at a place in his life where the 616 version of peter parker probably should be at the moment the amazing spider-man version and he's got two kids he's married but they're going to be telling new fresh stories with those characters and with those different stakes and it's going to be it's going to be new it's going to be fresh and it's going to be exciting and uh and i don't know if it's going to be a limited series but it's going to be a start of a new character with new stories. And that's what excites me personally. The potential for greatness. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. they can do different stuff and it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. I, I go, I dip in and out of comics. Uh, I read a lot of the original run of ultimate Spider-Man. I had a big, huge, like the first, it was like this thick, like an omnibus of, of ultimate Spider-Man. That's really what got me into Spider-Man was the original ultimate um so to hear that they're doing that again sounds very different because that was like sort of starting over peter's in high school that kind of stuff but um this sounds really interesting to me and i'm gonna keep an eye out for that because uh i'm always that's the hardest part about getting into comics especially if you've been out for a while it's like well where do i jump back in there's like right anywhere yes. and nowhere is kind of the answer right yeah i agree and i mean the the idea is that i think um peter doesn't get bitten by the spider until after he has grown up and married oh. and had kids. Like I think oh, that's, that's interesting. I think that's when he receives the spider bite. Um, so he's older, it, but he'll yeah. be a new Spider-Man. Like he's yeah. this isn't like grizzled twelve-year vet Spider-Man. This is like right. new Spider-Man, but maybe in his late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Sorry, I probably a, should have mentioned that. That is. Yeah, a, that, a, that sounds really cool. Story. Like just a different take, you know. 
yeah and there's a green goblin in this one too but he looks very kind of high techy and possibly he's a hero I, I it's really hard to tell actually so but uh and and we don't know who that is at the moment yet i mean you know we could probably make some reasonable guesses but you know um but yeah it does look exciting and i'm you know i've i've had amazing spider-man on my pull list at the comic shop forever it's been one of the only things that i've kept even with the with the dip in quality but recently i went to my comic shop and i added ultimate spider-man to my pull list and also i had them add spectacular spider-man to my pull list and uh lewis are you familiar with that one yeah i've I've heard a little bit about about this one i think this is interesting yeah so spectacular spider-man will come out in march and it's going to actually be a comic that features peter and miles like working together regularly and it will be like kind of a just kind of an ongoing spider buddy comic basically and um it's actually written by the i don't remember the gentleman's name but he was the um i believe he was the showrunner for the animated spectacular spider-man cartoon greg wiseman yes thank you yeah yeah (laughs) and uh and so that is also really exciting because i really enjoyed that series like that cartoon very much and um really liked a lot of the storytelling so i'll be interested to see you know what he brings in terms of pairing peter up with miles and and having them have each other's backs i mean we got a little bit of that in marvel spider-man 2 where like they're out on patrol and the and then like the other one joins while you're take, taking down some villains and then you guys high five and then you go and run <laughs> off and do your own thing like you know it was it was really kind of like buddy buddy kind of you thing like, hey <laughs> yeah yes you know and so um i'm i'm excited for for that as well because i really think this is something that's been overdue for about the last what almost decade at this point ever since miles kind of joined the kind of prime universe like i feel like peter kind of should have been mentoring him from the get-go and it just never happened or didn't happen with any regularity and now it looks like it's going to happen but it also looks like it may be on more of an kind of an equal partner sorry an equal partnership kind of basis and something i'm really excited for as well like I, i i i think 2024 looks like it will be a better year for the comics, even if we don't see an uptick in the quality of the Amazing Spider-Man comic, which, you know, Lewis, I, I do kind of, I do kind of share your assessment. I'm kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen unless the staff kind of changes because the direction of the comic is all dependent on who's writing and editing it. We've also got three Spider-Man adjacent movies coming out in 2024. In February, we're going to have Madam Web. In, I think, August, we're getting Craven the Hunter. And in November, we're getting Venom 3, whatever the subtitle for that one happens to be. So, the three favorite so, movies for Tyler yeah, of all I'm, time. Gosh, wow. <laughs> Ty- Tyler's <laughs> top three movies. Give me all the Venom. I just need more Inheritor stuff. Madam Web, just, <laughs> yeah, just bring it all. Yeah, that's what I want. Craven the Hunter, the best. 
Okay, all right. So that means I'll end up sending Tyler some tickets to see Madam Web on opening weekend. <laughs> I will probably go see it. I have the, I, I pay for the AMC thing where I get to go see movies, like three movies a week or something. So I'll probably go yeah. see it, even though I'm not excited for it because I see a lot of movies. I mean, at least for Madam Web, I'm curious about the concept of them doing a Terminator t- style story in what is essentially a Spider-Man adjacent universe. At least on on the face of that concept, I'm mildly curious, and I, and I do want to go see it for that reason. Where I have issues, and I think Lewis knows what I'm about to say here, where I have issues is in how they treated the character of Ezekiel Sims during the trailer. Because basically, they've made him into the villain. Uh, looks like he may have powers like an inheritor or something, which... I'm sorry, that's not Ezekiel. Ezekiel is no angel, but like he's actually kind of a mentor figure to Peter. And he's someone who makes some selfish decisions until he figures out, okay, you know, I, I want to be a better person and help Peter out. At least in the trailer, and I suppose this could be a fake out since it was just a trailer, dude is just a straight up killer. He's out there trying to kill Spiderweb. And I'm just like, no. No, I, I don't buy this. Why are you doing it? So Madam Web, I'm mildly curious to see. I'm willing to give it a chance at least. But yeah, Craven, I'm not so sure about. And Venom 3, I don't we don't know anything about. It. You know, we just know that that's when it's supposed to come out. So so yeah, I'm mm, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm hopeful for these movies. I mean, I do hope that they're good. I just don't know how likely it is that they're gonna be good. I don't know. I'm- I'm hopeful for what what uh, is going to be hopefully a good portrayal of some of the spider women, because I don't think they've had a lot of mainstream, uh, been in a lot of mainstream stuff, unless you want to count spider Gwen in, in the spider verse movies. Right. So if they don't mess this up, then maybe we can get some more spider women stuff. Cause I really like Julia Carpenter. I really like uh, Jessica drew. Um, so I, I would love to see that. I'm, I'm a fan. Of, I like Sydney Sweeney because she's, from uh, close to where I grew up, so uh, I feel like a little oh, bit of okay. hometown, like like oh, solidarity really? with Sydney Sweeney. So <laughs> I, I, I'll go see it. Uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. All right, Lewis, your your thoughts on these three movies? I'm more excited for Madam Web for the same reasons uh, Tyler said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just get to see different spider spider related people, especially the spider women that haven't really been you know adapted. Uh, into uh, well, games, movies, cartoons, whatever it may be. Yeah. Right. Madam Web was always a character from the 90s animated show that when I grew up with that show was always the character that I really liked. So getting to see maybe a similar sort of thing in the movie is going to be really cool. But yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited for Madam Web. It's like, I have a weird relationship with that movie. I don't know why. Ever since it got announced, I've always, there's, there's a part, I know it's not going to be great. Like, let's be honest, like Sony's track record, it's, it's, it, it's possibly it's not going to gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's a, there's a part of me at the back of my mind that just goes, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this movie. I don't know why. I just like, I don't know. There's some, it's something, it might be the Terminator style plot that they're going with that kind of excites me. Cause I, I really like time travel movies, but yeah, no Craven. Uh, nah, I don't know. Not, I might even not see it. I don't know. Who knows? Venom three. Hopefully it's good. It, it, apparently it's apparently it's going to be about the multiverse from the rumors that we've heard and it might be a loose sequel to madam web apparently mm-hmm. we'll see how true that we'll see how true that That'll is that'll be but, interesting oh, yeah who knows okay 
let's see, we've got in terms of shows, we've got three shows possibly coming up this year. And I say big emphasis on possibly. Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which of course used to be Spider-Man freshman year. Like Disney Plus has basically said it's coming out in 2024. So we will get it at some point this year, I hope. <laughs> but we've also got, um, there's been talk lately of the the Amazon shows, the uh, Silk Spider Society, and then also a Spider-Man noir show. And my understanding is, again, that these are going to be Amazon shows that are done <clears throat> in collaboration with Sony, and who knows what they're going to feature. The, the Spider-Man noir one is apparently not going to be a Peter Parker iteration of Spider-Man, even though the comic in the comic books, Spider-Man noir is just a different multiverse Peter Parker who, you know, grew up in the, the Depression era, 1930s, and that, you know, he got his powers from a mystical spider bite or, or something like that. It's like a, um, he opened a, like a coffin and it was full of like, it was like an Indiana Jones kind of thing. It was kind yeah. of weird. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what comes of those, but I have wanted to see your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I, I hesitate because the retitling is just messing with me. I've been waiting to see that for a couple of years, ever since they introduced the first like drawings of what the show was going to be like. So I'm glad we're finally getting that. But aside from that, I'm kind of just hoping that they do Silk justice. You know, I kind of, I want them to do, it doesn't have to be completely comics accurate, but they, they need to take the story. They need, they need to take the, the bones of the story and at least put a good twist on it so that I can look at this character and go, okay, I can see where they got the, where from the comics they, they pulled this character. And so I, I hope that happens. Again, we don't have a release date. I think it's it's been like maybe 2024. And I think that's the same with Spider-Man Noir. So we'll see what happens. But I am hoping that Disney Plus does a good job with your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And that at the very least, they do one of the two Amazon shows well, if they end up doing them in 2024. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on this? I'm just hoping that potentially, uh, how cool would it be, actually, now that I think about it, how cool would it be if the Silk Show was, I know Spider-Man Noir, he's, a, he's meant to be a, a detective, right? Kind of like, yeah. Char character. But Silk had that, Silk had that run where she was a detective. Well, how cool would it be if the Silk Show was a detective show? <laughs> That'd be cool. That I'd be would down. be cool. That would be very I'd cool. Be, that, would, that would be a definite spin on it, too. I, if I, they I, adapted I like that. that. Yeah. I, d I think they'll probably have J. Jonah Jameson in it in some capacity because there is that where she's a reporter, right? Or, yeah, she's a journalist. Yeah. No, she's a journalist, right? Or reporter. There's that run with Silk. But there was one run, I believe, where she was a detective, which I think would be pretty cool. I think. Yeah, I would love to see the the journalist run just because we can see another side of J. Jonah Jameson because he's he, we just hate the guy because he hates Peter so much, but he really <laughs> likes Cindy, right? And so you could see yeah. like when he's being a nice person, you're like, oh, you know, maybe he's not so bad. The contrast it's funny. Be cool. Yeah, it's funny because in the comics, I think he called her analog. Yeah, and I thought that was I thought that was hilarious. He's like, I like you, analog, and I'm like, yeah, okay. She <laughs> right, spent Jenna. all the time in the bunker, and she was like, what are computers? I don't know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Finally, let's talk about video games. Now we know that uh, we know that Insomniac is working on a Wolverine game. 
Um, there's also been talk of a possible Venom spinoff. We don't know if that would happen and probably wouldn't happen in 2024 if it did happen. But I will say that during that one scene in Spider-Man 2 where you get to play as Venom. Now, I'm going to confess something to you guys. Venom is not one of my favorite Spider-Man foes. He's all right. But I will say this. When you got to play him during that scene, that was supremely satisfying. You were basically a freaking tank with tentacles just going through and grabbing people and using them to 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 hit other people. And I, I had great fun. So if if they actually do a Venom spinoff or just DLC for Spider-Man 2, I I'm I'm gonna be excited about that simply because I had so much fun with the gameplay what do you guys think uh big agree on that uh i'm i'm hoping that some of that gameplay translates into wolverine because that's going to be a very different like fighting style so i'm pretty i'm pretty stoked for a for a wolverine game and and then maybe some more venom stuff i hope they do dlc that would be that would be cool because they did some good dlc for the first spider-man they did and um there's plenty of loose ends that they could pick up and and, and try to tie up for for dlc and I mean, like they could do a Venom slash Carnage DLC that becomes more prominent in in a in a spinoff game again if they decide to do that. But there were there were plenty of narrative threads that they could pick up for more DLC. Lewis, any thoughts on it? It would be awesome. I think it'd be really cool. Um, I'm I'm re I'm more I'm kind of after Marvel Spider Man two kind of not thinking about Spider Man games for a while. I'm more excited for the Wolverine game. That's, that's meant to it's meant to be coming out relatively soon so i'm i'm more stoked about 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 wolverine and, for the time being looking looking more towards that and and they've confirmed that the wolverine game is supposed to be in the same game universe as the spider-man games Good. so there will probably some some slight references and stuff like that so that that would be that'll be fun so like when that comes out i'm definitely gonna play it so um, and it's it's less about it being Wolverine, and it's more about it being Insomniac at this point. Like I'll play anything put, they make. Out, yeah, like they put out some quality content. So yep. I've really the only thing it. that I get sad about with between Spider-Man and Wolverine is that there's no Ratchet and Clank game on the way that we know of. That's the only <laughs> thing that makes me sad. They that, probably have it somewhere in the back burner. I hope so. I think Rift Apart was pretty successful for them, so I, I hope that they keep it going. Yeah, I was gonna say because I've never played them, but uh, they've I've heard that that it was their most successful uh, series before Spider Man, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm sure they've got they've got one on the way. And like you said, people will uh, people who have jumped on the Insomniac uh, bandwagon after playing Spider Man will probably play whatever they make. So I assume I, I assume one will be on the way if four goes well for them. I hope so. Fingers crossed. You know, I'm I'm all for more good quality content from insomniac and, and apparently i'm going to need to check out the ratchet and clank games all right um do you guys have anything else that you would like to say either about what has come in 2023 or what your hopes are for spider-man in 2024 i think we covered it it sounds like we covered everything we covered even more than i knew there was <laughs> <laughs> yes all right i think so i think i'm I'm sad we don't get to see Beyond the Spider-Verse, but I understand that's because the movie is going to be... It's been delayed so they can make it the best it can be, so I'm happy. I'm happy for that fact. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, we, we had to wait five years between End of the Spider-Verse and Across. 
hopefully we do not have to wait that long for the next one. But I'm thinking a couple years is probably not too big a price to pay at this point. So I I I agree with you in the in the sense that yes, I would have loved it to come out in 2024, but I'd rather they make a quality movie. Agreed. Bad movies, bad yeah. forever. A delayed movie might eventually be good. Ah, uh, so yes. on. Yep. Yes. So, so as we close the door on 2023 and we look forward to 2024, just know that at some point in the relatively near future, I will be continuing the web line and continuing to cover what I can and doing character spotlights, comic recommendations, stuff like that. So I just want to thank you both for, for being here with me today. I really do appreciate you coming in and talking Spider-Man with me. And, uh, I want to I want to ask each of you individually. Uh Lewis, do you have uh, one? Do you have any big plans for the rest of the holidays? Uh no, I don't think so. Just just kind of hanging out with family. Yeah, trying to just enjoy enjoy Christmas, I guess. Okay. Any uh any plans or topics for your YouTube channel or any other projects in the near or further future? Um I'm just going to carry on posting videos. I'm going to keep I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to work on that novel still over possibly over Christmas when I when I get I get a little break maybe maybe just my my time some of my, some of my time off I might just might just uh, get to work on that a little bit because that's been really exciting me recently but apart from that yeah just hanging out with family just trying to enjoy Christmas I guess what what about you guys what you guys uh what are you guys up to this this holiday this holiday um, I'm heading up north to uh, to go hang out with my family uh, for for a little while. I'm fortunate that I get a few weeks off of work for for the holidays, so I'm gonna go up there and hang out. Maybe I'll see Mike in person, my my podcasting partner from my, from Codex. I might see him in person, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just hoping to take it easy. That's what I like to do on, on my time off is just like kick back, play some games, and take it, just yeah, take it easy. Okay, all right. And um, do you have any uh, upcoming topics that are going to be featured on Codex that you can talk about or any other projects? What I think what I want to do next, I think, as far as because sometimes we pick a book and we kind of read along a book. I think we're going to do a, a Grand Theft Auto book soon. So that, Ooh, we haven't okay. confirmed that between Mike. So if Mike's watching, maybe uh, maybe I just spoiled things. But uh, I, I think we're going <laughs> to talk about some Grand Theft Auto. Be hilarious to see Mike speaking in all caps in the chat. You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't give it away. Yeah, for my own part, I am just kind of taking it easy for the holidays. I'm again, I'm coming off of a period of time off from work, and um, usually holiday times at the library aren't particularly like trying. Um, they're they're fairly they're fairly slow and relaxed. Of course, now that I said that, watch it'll be the opposite. But aside from that, it's going to be mostly taking it easy, getting things edited. Like I'll have three podcast episodes to edit and get up for hopefully before the end of the year. And then um, aside from that, just kind of planning out the next season, trying to figure out what I want to do with my YouTube channel in terms of make. Oh, there, <laughs> there's Mike in the chat right now. <laughs> oh, is Mike here? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tyler didn't spoil Mike. your show, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> Tyler confirmed. definitely didn't. Tyler didn't definitely didn't spoil the show. Oh, that that that, that is delightful. <laughs> Hello, Mike. Nice to see you. But yeah, aside from that, it is mostly just kind of taking it easy and getting ready. I am planning to do another thirty-five 
uh, episodes of this podcast next year. Down. So that hopefully by year's end, I'll, I'll have, I'll have 60 and then, um, you know, just figuring out, I want to, I want to try adding like reaction content to my YouTube channel. So that way people who subscribe to my Patreon will have a little bit more content for their dollar and stuff like that. It'll, it'll be a thing that I am working towards in the next year. Well, in so addition to going all the, to all the Spider-Man stuff so I can talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, Again, I just want to thank you both for being here. I want to thank the audience for listening. And now let's move on to the web spinners recommendations. web spinners recommendation i'd like to recommend possibly my favorite film for the holidays a comedy that embraces both the chaos and the spirit of the holidays i'm speaking of course of the 1989 film national lampoon's christmas vacation <laughs> if you have not seen this movie you have not seen the absurdity of the holidays and just uh, everything that can go wrong for Chevy Chase's character in this movie does go wrong. He is trying to have the perfect kind of big family Christmas, and he has his ideas of how things should go. And then there is reality where he has to deal with neighbors that don't like him or a boss that uh, doesn't care for his contributions to the workforce or those relatives that show up uninvited out of the blue and uh, everything that can go wrong does go wrong, from the cutting of the Christmas tree to the putting up of the Christmas tree to the burning of the Christmas tree to holiday shopping to uh, a rampant squirrel to a sled that has uh, a little too much, um, what do they call it on it, um, that makes, makes it slicker. I can't remember wax. what it's called. Did you wax a sled? I, I guess so, yeah. It is a comedy that is worth watching at least once, especially around the holidays. And at the end of it, even though all these things are going wrong, at the end of the day, it becomes also a, a testament to how with the power of love, family, and maybe a little bit of Christmas luck and cheer, things can turn out all right. Uh, love this movie. Definitely worth a watch. If you haven't seen it, you should totally go see it. Lewis, do you have any recommendations this week for my listeners to read, watch, play, or listen to? I'm going to be really, really boring. I want to keep it festive, um, but also, if you haven't seen Home Alone, please, please watch. <laughs> please watch. That's a good no, one, too. <laughs> everyone's seen Home Alone, right? At least I assume everyone's seen Home Alone. It seems like the one Christmas movie that I think unanimously most people have seen. But on the off chance that anyone hasn't seen it, it is for me at least, the epitome of Christmas. Not in the sense that anyone's ever left me at home, but I mean, like, um, <laughs> it's it's a great movie for just, like, kicking back, having fun, relaxing, having a laugh. Uh, it's a great Christmas movie. Yeah, I wanted to keep it festive, but I was trying to think of other Christmas movies. I could say The Grinch um, as well, or, or maybe a few other, like, kind of niche Christmas movies, but I don't think any of them really hit for me as much as Home Alone, so I couldn't say anything else. That's completely fair. And I mean, Home Alone is a great uh, Christmas movie, too. I, I watched it a few years ago with with my uh, 
with my housemates and we just enjoyed it. I mean, we'd all seen it, but like Macaulay Culkin is great in it. Uh, Catherine O'Hara is, is great in it. John Candy even has a small part and he's great in it too. So no, I, 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 I agree with you completely. Uh, Tyler, do you have any recommendations for my listeners to read, watch, play, or listen to? I got, I got a game recommendation that is not festive okay. at all. Um, Sorry. my, the game I've been playing the most of recently is, uh, Persona 5 Tactica. Um, I don't know if y'all, if y'all are familiar with the Persona series of games. Um, but, the uh, Persona 5 is, is a very popular one and they just came out with like a tactical RPG, kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics or, uh, like the Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle game. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. If we do want a festive game recommendation, you can always <laughs> go with, uh, on, on theme for the, ch- for the channel, of course, is, uh, Miles Morales spider-man because that oh, takes yeah. place in the winter christmas Ooh. time um Ooh. and you can also go that with is. batman arkham origins uh which is uh i think underrated as far as the arkham uh series goes i know it's like the least well received of them but i think it's very good and also takes place during christmas that is true that is true i think part of the reason that arkham origins doesn't get as much love as the other ones is because it's it's it also was not made by rocksteady yeah um it's it's the one arkham game that wasn't made by rocksteady so but uh, you are right it is it 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 has its moments um i i definitely there were parts of it that i definitely enjoyed so um but uh yeah it's definitely set during christmas and 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 on brand if you wanted to not that we had to um (laughs) it's it's fairly freewheeling but uh but i like uh I like the Miles recommendation. I have I'm familiar with Persona kind of in passing, but I do love a good kind of tactical RPG. So um, I might have to check that out at some point. Yeah, it it's good. I do think the story kind of requires a little bit of prior knowledge, and Persona Five is a beast of a game. I mean, this is a game just playing through the story. If you were speed running it and you did it in under ninety hours, you'd be that's pretty fast. Wow, it's 90 hours long. is fast? Wow. It's extremely long, yeah. That's really crazy. good the whole way through. It like just the hits don't stop, but boy is it long. Have wow. uh have either of you played Marvel Midnight Suns? No, but that one is really long too. I keep meaning yeah, to pick it up like, when it goes on sale. Like I I mean, I liked it, but man, it felt like it just dragged on for a while and and it's a good game. It's just that, like, there was a certain point by which I was just—I felt like the story should have been done, and it just kept going. And I was like, I mean, I'm gonna—I'm gonna muscle through, but like, wow, yeah, it was a much longer game than I was anticipating, at least. So, okay, well, um, thank you guys for your recommendations. I really do appreciate them, and I believe that brings us close to the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode of The Webline, please subscribe to the podcast on my YouTube channel, simply named Spidey Librarian, where I maintain a playlist of all podcast episodes. The Webline is also available on audio services, so when you see us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or another service, please leave us a review, rating, and where possible, follow as well. You can find me on my socials under the name Spidey Librarian on threads, Twitter slash X, or Twixter as I'm calling it these days. Instagram, Facebook, WordPress, and Twitch. Finally, if you'd like to shoot me an email, you can contact me at spideylibrarian at gmail.com, where I'll be happy to hear your thoughts, rants, and ideas. You never know. 
your email might be featured in an upcoming episode. The webline will be going on hiatus for a few weeks. We'll return in late January with more reviews, character spotlights, and tier lists centered around our favorite web slinger and his friends and allies. I'm still formulating the schedules and guest lineups, so stay tuned to my YouTube channel for updates. What will 2024 bring for the webline? You'll have to tune in live on Sunday, January 21st to find out. Thanks again to Lewis Films and Tyler Osby for joining me, and thank you for listening. Until next year, we'll be wishing you a Merry Holiday and a Happy New Year.